The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. There are moments of waiting that feel a little bit more like pulling over on your way to refuel your car. And so let me ask you, what's fueling your life? Because whatever is filling your gas tank is fueling your engine. And so if you're filling your attitude with something that is sour, what is fueling your life is going to be sorrow. If you're filling your life with the gas of frustration and disappointment, what will fuel your life is discouragement and despair. So how are you doing? What is filling your life that is fueling your life? And how is the engine of your life doing? You know, during this season, I imagine you've had a lot of up and down attitudes. And so I'm curious, maybe for each of you, just make, take a moment and let us know how your attitude is. If you're with us in person right now, I want you to lean over to somebody or maybe even just shout over to another chair. What is your attitude right now? If you're joining us online, I want you to put in the comment section your attitude right now. How is your attitude? One of the things I know is during this season, it's made us appreciate some things more. So what have you learned to appreciate more during this pandemic season? And the same thing, would you just comment to someone or put in the comment section what you've learned to appreciate more? Let me give you some ideas. You and I have learned to appreciate the amazing work that teachers do with our kids. I, I mean, honestly, I, I try to give my kids, uh, I try to suspend my kids from homeschooling and send them back to school. I'm amazed, I'm just kidding. I'm amazed at the incredible work teachers do every day. Uh, we've discovered and we've been reminded that there are no menial jobs and that some of our minimum wage workers are doing some of the most essential work in our communities and across the nation. You know what else you and I have learned? We've discovered to appreciate the power of a hug, the power of just someone showing up or encouraging us with a kind word. You know, we've also realized how precious life is. We, we've been reminded that life is precious, life is fragile, life is a gift. We've, we've been reminded that a hug could be the last hug, or at least the last hug for a very long time. We've, we've been reminded that a celebration or a, a chance to sit down and have a meal together could be the last one for a very long, long time and maybe ever. And so as a result of this season, we've discovered that we've really appreciated certain things, certain things that we've really missed. But there's a, there's a challenge. When things are going wrong, when there's a lot of difficulty around us, it can cause us to see more of what's wrong than what's right. And when you see more of what's wrong than right, you begin to think more about what's wrong around you than what's right with God. And it's like, a, it's like having two different fuels, two different beats. So if we're talking about rhythm, it's like you can choose which beat or which rhythm your life is gonna beat to. The one rhythm could be a rhythm of compliments 
and celebration, and that, that's going to be the beat to a dance. The other could be criticizing and complaining, and that could be the beat to a dirge, uh, uh, a funeral procession song. But you choose which beat, which rhythm you're going to set your life to. It's like having two different fuels. Now, here's the reality. One engine, right? So I've got a, uh, an engine that has to run. It's a three-cycle engine, and it needs a specific kind of fuel. You actually have to mix oil with the gas in order to fuel this engine. If you've ever made a mistake and you've ever put the wrong fuel into an engine, you discover that when you go to start it, so if I were to try to start this right, what you discover is it doesn't start right and then it doesn't work right and ultimately it will destroy the engine. So when you and I pull up to the gas station, each time we've got to make sure that we're putting the right fuel into the engine of our life. And so what is filling your attitude that is fueling your life? Because I recognize that many of us are being fueled by selfishness, by negativity, by discouragement and disappointment. Because that's what we're filling our life with. We're seeing more of what's wrong around us than what is right with God. And we see what's wrong in others and what, are, what others are doing wrong. And so we start to think to ourselves, this should not be this way. I don't like the way the world is. Things should be better and I deserve better. And so we go through life filling ourselves with frustration fueled by disappointment and discouragement. So during this series, I'm going through some Psalms that are included in the Bible in the book of Psalms. And so I'm going to read you one. It's, it's called, it's Psalm 107. The context of it is this, a nation coming out of exile. They were captured. They've been in captivity. They've been trapped in isolation. And the author is thinking about all the troubles they've been through. They've been through sicknesses. They've been through devastation. They've been through war. They've been in quarantine. They've suffered sickness. And he's, and he's watching as people are beginning to return from this exile. And he writes a song that they can sing together. So first, I want to just bring you to the people that are singing this song. It's found in Psalm 107, verse 2 and 3. And it says, who's singing? Those he redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands. The people that are singing are those who have been through so much trouble. In fact, very specifically, those he's gathering together because they were scattered. They were scattered in quarantine, in isolation, living alone, cut off from community. But then it gets very specific. You know what they've been through? So he continues in verse uh, four and five. He goes, some wandered in the desert wasteland. Some of you have felt like you've been living in a desert wasteland parched, without the rain of, of God's strength, without the rain of community, without the watering of hope. They were wandering in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty. They didn't have the resources they needed. When they went to the store, the shelves were bare. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. I've heard some of you saying that you feel like you've lived in a groundhog day, just the same day, over and over. This, this, these few months have felt like years. You feel like your life has ebbed away. 
He continues, he goes, those who sat in darkness in the shadow of death, the shadow meaning it's just waiting. You just feel it oppressing you like it's about to come on you. It's about to hit you too. Bound in affliction and irons, people oppressed, chained, and they fell down and there was none to help. And so he's writing, he goes, here's all these people coming, finally coming out of exile. God is rescuing them. They're coming out of their troubles. They're beginning to emerge from their homes, but they've been through so much. I I know you can relate. You've been through so much. You've been through a pandemic. You've lived with the fear of getting sick and losing loved ones. You've navigated through the fears of not having the resources you needed, of the plague of a sickness. You've you've navigated through the worries of of our nation turning upside down with the turmoils of injustice and hurt and hate. And finally you emerge and you wonder what what beat are we going to live to? What is going to be the rhythm of our song? Is it going to be a dance or a dirge? And for nearly everyone, they choose the despair. They choose the discouragement. They choose the frustration. But the psalmist opens the song, and before he tells you who's singing, he makes this statement. Check this out. He goes like this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. This is how he opens the song. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. And then he goes, now, let me tell you who's singing. Those God has rescued out of all of these troubles. They've been through sickness. They've been through a pandemic. They've been through war. They've been in isolation. They've lived in frustration. They've lived in fear. The shadow of death has hung over their life. There is a principle that comes from this song that you and I need to learn on how we can choose which rhythm to live our life to. And it's this, the principle is that gratitude fills then fuels. Now, anyone who knows me knows one of my favorite lines is whatever fills, spills. Whatever's in you will come out of you. But I wanna challenge you with something even greater, and that is this, whatever fills, fuels. Whatever you pour into your life is what is gonna fuel your life. Now here is the challenge. If you put the wrong fuel into the engine, then what fills will not fuel. And and even though it is fuel, you're going to pull and start the engine, but it's going to sputter and it's going to it's going to make it's going to create a rhythm that is destructive and the wrong fuel will actually destroy your life and my life. In fact, the wrong kind of fuel will sabotage your celebration. It will rob you of the praise and it will overwhelm your worship. And it will turn worship into worry and it will cause you to focus more on pain than praise and more on criticizing than celebrating. So how do you get the right fuel in your life so that whatever fills fuels? Well, first you have to acknowledge the challenge that you and I have been running our lives, filling our lives with the wrong kind of fuel and it's sabotaging how our engine runs. The fuel that you and I have been pouring into our life is a fuel of selfishness, of discouragement, of despair, because we're filling our lives with the spiritual fuel of sin. 
Sin is when we reject the good fuel of God and we choose the fuel of our own desires, of our own best interests, of what we want. And the problem is that you and I cannot be the fuel of our own life. You and I, whatever we reach for and we try to use as a fuel of our life. So we reach for the, the fuel tank and we begin to pour into our life, our own desires, our own best interests, our own what we want, believing that what we want is good for us. The problem is that when we pour this kind of fuel into the engine of our life, it's destroying our life. That's what sin does. It gets in there and it corrupts the engine and it destroys the engine. When we turn our back on God and we do what we want, we reject God, and as a result, we spend our life drained, beaten down, the engine not working properly, headed toward a forever ruin separated far from God. A, a forever fueled by sin where we experience the death and the eternal judgment of sin. But God was unwilling to leave us in isolation, separated from him, separated by sin. And so, you know, when you read it in the psalm, he says it this way, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. He's saying, let the redeemed of the Lord sing the song of their story. What are they singing? What they're singing is a celebration of how God came to the rescue and bought them. That's what the word redeem means. He bought them back and he brought them back and he rescued them through all of their troubles. It's not that God kept them from trouble. It's not that God kept them from getting sick. It's that in the midst of all of that, the author is writing this song and saying, he's saying, uh, look how God has been present in my troubles, not keeping me out of my troubles. Look how God has brought me through my pain, even though he didn't keep me from pain. Let me tell you my story. And so the story is how God has come to the rescue, that God saw us in our sin suffering. He saw us that sin had been the fuel of our engine and was destroying us. And he stepped in and he came and was present with us. He showed up when we were in a pandemic. He showed up when we were in quarantine. He showed up in our isolation. He came to our rescue. And here's what Jesus did. Now, the author of this song wrote it a thousand years before Jesus showed up, or about that, right? And what Jesus does is Jesus showed up. He took on our suffering for sin. He, in essence, he took all of the fuel of sin and he poured it into the engine of his life and he was destroyed for us. He died on a cross for our sins so that he died once for all, so that anyone who believes in Jesus by faith is forgiven of their sins. But Jesus, even though he died, his engine was destroyed, he came back to life with a new resurrected engine, and his engine is uh, the power that we need to live, and then he becomes the fuel of our life, and he gives us his life in place of our sin death. And so when we believe in Jesus by faith, we're not only forgiven, we are given new life with God's spirit becoming the fuel of our life. He fills us and then he fuels us. Now, what does that look like on a practical level? Let's jump back into the psalm and let's see how God wants to transform the fuel of our life. What fills so that it fuels. Here he, he writes this. He goes, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. 
right? Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. In the middle of all of the suffering, in the middle of sickness, in the middle of war, in the middle of despair, in the middle of being abandoned and rejected, the author is saying, I want to I wanna sing a song celebrating how good God is and all that God has done. And so my challenge for you, when you think about what fills your life, here's what I want you to take note of. I'd love for you to write this down, maybe type this into your, your phone. If you're, regardless of where you're joining us from, would you take a note of this right now? Sing the song of God filling your life. The Spirit of God wants to fill your life, and that, that needs to become a song that you sing. You need to begin to celebrate who God is and all God has done for you. This requires you to allow God's Spirit to fill your spirit. When you believe in Jesus by faith, God wants to come and enter into your spirit. And so I want to challenge you right now. First, you got to make that commitment. Maybe right now that's where you're at. You're ready to make a decision to say yes to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you're ready to make that commitment, I want to invite you to respond with me right now. In fact, would you go ahead and text us? I want you to text Jesus to 41411. That's right. Let us know that you are making a commitment to say, I don't want the fuel of sin to, to fill my life. I want the fuel of Jesus to fill my life. And so I'm making a commitment to saying yes to Jesus. Text us. Jesus us to 41411. You're going to let us know because we want to encourage you and share with you as you begin this new journey with God, not only at the center, but with God's spirit as the fuel filling the gas tank of your life so that he's fueling the engine of your life. Okay, so now when you make that commitment to Jesus Christ and God's spirit enters your spirit, Here's what I want you to begin to do. I want you to begin to sing this song of how God filled your life. Well, how does this happen? I, I use the Bible when I preach all the time. Every sermon, I'm preaching from the Bible. But many people, they get confused. They think the Bible is a book of rules. It's a book of how-tos. It's a book of heroes. There are rules in the Bible. There are heroes in the Bible. That's not what the Bible is about. The Bible is primarily a love story that becomes a love song. And what you discover as you read the Bible is that throughout history, God has been revealing himself to us, who he is and what he's done. So that when you read it, you begin to believe that that's who God is in my life and that's what God can do in my life. And as I allow God to become who he is in my life, I begin to sing the song of celebration. As I discover who God is, I allow him to do things in my life that he's done in the past. But I don't just want to read about God. I want to know God and I want to experience God. I don't just want to read about what God did before. I'm inviting God to do it again now in my life so that it becomes a song of my life, my life song. So what do I mean? You know what pain and suffering does? It allows us to begin to cry out to God and discover the God of the Bible in our life. See, when things are going well, we rarely discover the character and the nature of God. But when we are in trouble, when we are in suffering, we can begin to discover God, right? And you have a choice. You can look at life through the perspective of pain, which will rob you of praise, rob you of the praise of God and steal your purpose. Or you can look at life through the perspective of praise, which reframes 
your pain. Well, how do you look at life through the perspective of praise? It's when you discover God in your life and in the midst of your suffering and your pain. So, you want to discover God as healer? Well, that's only going to happen if you've walked through sickness. But some of you right now, you have a song in your heart because you've been sick. You have suffered through sickness. Our nation is beginning to discover the God who is healer. And there's a song that begins to fill our heart because we've been through it. He didn't keep us from it, but he brought us through it. How do you ever know God as provider unless you've gotten to the point where you couldn't provide, you couldn't meet your needs. But when you were at wit's end, and no matter how hard you worked, what you were doing wasn't enough and you found that God met your need that God was with you that God carried you here's what you discovered God my provider maybe when the world is falling apart all around you you've discovered God as your rock when you were weak and broken without any strength. You discovered God as your strength that's what you see in the Bible you see stories of God where people could discover who God is and how God works. And I promise you that some of you, you have discovered more of the nature and the character of God in this season of suffering than any season before it. You've discovered God, the God who loves you, the God who is for you. Maybe you have been all alone and you discover that my God is present. My God is my friend. My God is my hope. My God is my strength. God is my justice. God goes before me. God defends me against the oppressed. See, what you've discovered is the nature of God and it's become your song. Man, I'm willing to lean into my troubles because I know that in my trouble is a new revelation of who God is and what God does and how he loves me, how he's always been for me. There's another part to this though. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to the city where they could settle. And then he continues and he says, let them give thanks to the Lord for for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. See, it's not only do I need to discover who God is, and that becomes the song of my life, but I begin to live the lyrics of God fueling my life. I want to challenge you to live the lyrics of God fueling your life, because whatever fills, fuels. And if we have an attitude of frustration, an attitude of hurt, we have a perspective of pain, and we look at our whole life through the perspective of pain. And when pain fills then it fuels. But when praise fills, then praise fuels. And we begin to live the lyrics of the fueling of God in our life. What do I mean by living the lyrics? What I mean is that gratitude becomes the lyrics of your life. It's the song of your life. It's the words that you're singing and you have to live it before you see it. What I mean is, you know what gratitude does? Gratitude says thank you before God answers the prayer. Gratitude celebrates victory 
before you see the victory. Gratitude says, God, you are for me when it feels like everything else is against me. Gratitude lives the lyrics of the miracle of God when you're in a moment of frustration and discouragement and despair, right? Many of you are on the front end of a miracle, which means you are, you are living the lyrics of praise. You've got to begin to put the lyrics of praise on your lips before you're ever going to see the victory of God come through your life. You've got to put the lyrics of celebration on your tongue before you're ever going to see the lyrics of God lived out in your life before you ever see the answers to prayer. It means you say thank you before God answers. It means you celebrate the victory while you're in the middle of the battle. And so right now, you and I are going to begin to celebrate the victories of God. We're going to say thank you to God. We're going to begin to believe that we are on the front end of miracles. A front end of miracle in your home, in your marriage, in your parenting. The front end of a miracle in your finances. The front end of a miracle in our city, in our communities. The front end of a miracle in our nation. Because I believe that we are living the lyrics. Now there's something, don't miss this. You think about what that nation had been through, all the suffering, the war, the sickness, and they wrote a song to celebrate, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His unfailing love is with us. His mercies never fail. They lived the lyrics so that we could hear them and read them and sing them. It is possible that you are living lyrics so that someone else could sing the song of praise to God. Is it possible that what you're going through is not for you, it is for someone else to see the victory of God, someone else to experience the celebration of God, for someone else to see how a Christian can come through suffering with a song on their lips, you are living the lyrics right now. And the only way you're going to live the lyrics is if you keep the perspective of praise and you stop wallowing in self-pity and you allow God to give you the victory in the midst of the trouble. It means that you, gratitude says, I believe there's a better tomorrow, even if tomorrow is filled with sickness and pain and trouble, because when I have Jesus, I have a song on my lips and I'm living the lyrics and the ultimate song may not be sung until eternity. And so here's the deal. I want you to, I want you to not, not just pray. This isn't just a moment we say, God, thank you. I love you. I do want you to thank God, and I do want you to express love to God, but what I really want is for you to recognize who God is and what God has done, and so we're going to sing that together. I want you to begin to learn that in every moment, where can you see the fingerprints of God? Where can you begin to sing the praise of God? Where can you begin to live the lyrics of worship to God? And so we're gonna do that right now. This is a moment, really this is a moment where we want to frame it in worship. So that you take a first step in a lifestyle of filling your life with gratitude so that gratitude fuels your life. And so right now we believe that you are, you are in the midst of a miracle in the making, that we have a God who keeps his promises. We have a God that is for us, not against us. We have a God that keeps, that does what he said he would do. We have a God that is going to respond to your prayers and he will perform miracles. But even if he doesn't, he is good and we love him and we are going to worship him all the time. And so that's what I want you to do right now. Would you join me? Would you celebrate with me? Would you sing this out, believing God, you are way maker, you are miracle worker, you are the promise keeper. Let's sing this out right now.
Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.